It's week four. Welcome to A Shepherd's Song, Lessons from the Desert of Psalm 23. I am so excited to see what Pastor Ashley has to say today. So join us as we dive into this next lesson. Ladies, welcome. This is week four. Four. Oh man, of A Shepherd's Song. Lessons from the Desert of Psalm 23. And why did we call it a shepherd's song? Because a psalm is just that. It's a poem or a song. And the one who wrote this song was a shepherd. And not a shepherd in, you know, northern Russia, right? A shepherd in the Middle Eastern desert. And so I love that the Lord is just so faithful in these seasons and speaking and and letting me know when I get to teach certain things. And so I am elated that in this desert-esque season of 2020, that the Lord is reminding us of all of these pictures in His Word. Week one, we talked about the fact that God is our shepherd and that that changes things, doesn't it? And how we need to understand that and how our perspective on life shifts when we understand that. Week two, we talked about when he is our shepherd, that we truly lack nothing. That's wild, right? That we lack, regardless of how we feel, regardless of what it looks like, we lack nothing. And so often we miss the fact that we lack nothing because we don't realize how he provides And remember, the psalmist gave us these desert pictures to unpack, to really remind ourselves how the Lord tends to provide for us as his sheep. Week three, we talked about paths of righteousness, straight paths that when the shepherd is desiring to lead his sheep to a higher place, to a different place, he does that by going ahead and calling out and why the sheep knowing, listening, not just hearing, but listening to the shepherd's voice is so important in that season and walking those straight paths. And this week, this week I'm excited because we are going to dive into verse four. So open your Bibles with me. Let's open it to the 23rd Psalm. We'll start at the beginning just to recap. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths or straight paths or paths of righteousness, right? For his namesake. Verse 4. This is out of the NIV. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. I want to read it out of the NASB. That's a New American Standard Bible. Says it like this. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. I got to tell you, when Pastor JF and I, when we first got married, I was, gosh, I was almost 29 when we got married and I had spent so much of my life uh, living alone actually and uh, working for myself even when I was a professor right I had my business and and I remember when we got married you know we didn't live together beforehand or anything like that so when we got home from the honeymoon it was like okay I'm unpacking this is our house now and I remember that first week calling my mom and going mom he's 
everywhere. <laughs> like he's always here. And he leaves the toilet seat up and his underwear on the floor. And he has an opinion about what we eat every meal and an opinion about what we watch. And she's like, well, yeah, baby, that's kind of what you signed up for. That's marriage. And I thought this week about so many of us, we think about our relationship with the Lord in that way. We encounter things in our walk with the Lord that we're like, whoa, 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 wait. No, 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 no. I didn't sign up for this. What is this? I, this is new. I didn't realize. And so today, I want to unpack three realities that I feel like go, they're literally directly out of this passage of Scripture. Three realities that if we understand this about our walk with the Lord, it's going to drastically not only change our expectations, but how we encounter all of the different, all the different experiences in our journey with Him. Amen? Amen. The very first one that I want to unpack to you and with you is the valleys are part of the voyage. The valleys are part of the voyage. Back to Psalm 23, verse 4. I want to read it again. It says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I want to, I want to get your attention here because I want you to look at the actual words here. The psalmist doesn't say, even if I walk through the valley. He doesn't say that. He says, even though. Meaning not if, but when. And I think so often we encounter valleys in our lives and we think, oh my goodness, I, I must be completely off of this path that the Lord's called me on. And he said, no, 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 no. Valleys are part of this journey. Valleys are part of the voyage. And the faster that we begin to understand that and we realize as we start walking into those valleys and we recognize, oh wait, this is just part of the, this is part of the journey. This is part of what God is calling me on, that I think our perspective on it is going to be drastically different. Now, it's important for us to know what valleys are and what they are not, right? In the original Hebrew, the term that's translated shadow of death actually means deepest darkness, deepest despair, even though I walk through the valley of deepest despair but I love the way the NASB translates it because he says even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death Miss Denise you have something there with you that I want to snag from you Pastor JF my husband thank you so much has a very bizarre sense of humor and if you haven't spent much time with him, it, it, when you spend time with him, you will begin to understand. I am, uh, well, I used to be before COVID, but I love garage sales. Yeah. I love thrift stores. I love yard yeah. sales. And anytime I pass one of those signs and my neck cranes and my husband's like, no, 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 no. We got enough crap, right? No more. No more. But when we lived in Los Angeles, um, this was one of our garage sale finds. And this one was not mine. This one was his. It is a coconut, okay? It's a coconut that someone has meticulously carved. It is the most hideous thing on the planet. Now, what your pastor 
your other pastor okay. loves to do, especially when we lived in Los Angeles, he would hide this creepy head in places and he would cast a light on it, particularly before he'd go to bed. So that when I would wake up, the shadow of this face would be on a random wall and scare me half to death. Okay? Literally changing nightly. And I don't care how prepared for it you are. This is not something that you're ever truly ready to see in the middle of the dark. And so he would cast the light on it in such a way that the shadow that was on the wall would literally be even more terrifying, if you can imagine, than this head. Now, why am I telling you this crazy story? Because the Lord showed me something this week that I have never seen before in Scripture. That I've never understood before. That I've never recognized before. And I've actually never even heard it taught before. This is the Holy Spirit downloading it to me. I'm certain people have taught it. But I know that this is for me, especially in this season. you got to understand that the psalmist didn't say, even though I walk through the valley of death. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now think about what a shadow is, friends. What is a shadow? It is not the thing. It is when the thing comes in front of the light. And all it is, is a dark place that is cast. Now let me show you what the Lord showed me this week, friends. This valley that so many are walking through, they are terrified that it is the valley of death. It's the valley of just the shadow of death. Why is it just the shadow? Because our shepherd, he defeated death. He defeated the grave. And in Jesus' name, death and the grave cannot touch us. The worst that death can do over our lives is simply cast a shadow. That's right. That's good. That's good right Friend, That's right. that changes everything. Yes. Revelation 1.17 reminds us that Jesus holds those keys yes. to yes. death and hell. But I want to read out of Hebrews 2. Okay. Starting in verse 14, Scripture says, Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, children meaning us, children of God, Since we are flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same. Now, I'm going to, this is kind of tricky sometimes to unpack. All he's saying is since my kids are human, I got to come as a human. I got to come as a human to get them what they need, right? That through death, he might render powerless him who has the power of death, who had the power of death had not has we read it as has no 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 had the power of death past tense that is the devil verse 15 and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives Mm. friends so many of us are so terrified of this valley Mm. of whatever valley we're facing because we are convinced It is a valley of death. We don't realize that the worst the enemy can do is cast a shadow that makes things seem so dark. But he is not allowed to touch you. And friends, even if your valley results in physical death, 
That is simply temporary. He's already defeated that too. Oh, friends, this changes everything. It changes how we view the valley. It changes our attitude within the valley. It changes our perspective and understanding that this valley is so 100% temporary and has everything to do with perception. Perception. The valley's not called death. And shadows shift and change according to the light. Come on. That's good. According to the light. Psalm 23. Back to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? Because my shepherd has defeated even the source of the shadow. Amen. Amen. Friends. Yeah, and I wrote in my notes this week because I believe this is for someone watching. The valley is not the destination. He never says, even though I walk to the valley. He says, through it. It is not the destination. And so many people get stuck with, oh, this must be what God has for me. Friends, you are walking through. You are not walking to. It is a season. It is simply a season. I wrote this down. The deepest darkness that you are walking through, the suffering that you are enduring at the moment does not end the story. It ushers in a new one. It's part of the walking through. And the scars that we so often receive in the valley, oh, friends, it's proof of his walking us through it. It's proof. And that's my second point. The first one was the valleys are part of the voyage. The second one is the scars have significance. God wants to use them. The pains, the hurts in from the valley, sometimes inflicted by ourselves. God wants to use them. They have significance. Jesus himself showed us this. Look with me, John 20, starting in verse 24. This is Jesus uh, after he's died on the cross. He's risen. He's appeared to some of the disciples, but not all of them. This is where we pick up. Verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came, when he appeared to them. Verse 25. So the other disciples told Thomas, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. Verse 26, a week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them. Poof, right? He just appeared. We talked about that before. And in that moment, he had to say, oh, peace be still. (laughs) Because how many of you know we would be freaked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Verse 27, and then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. See my scars, right? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and 
My God, friends, I need for you to see that your scars have significance. The enemy would love for you to be terrified to show your scars because your scars will often be exactly what points people to Jesus. What happens is that the enemy convinces us, oh, we can't show our scars, we can't show our hurts, we can't show our pains. Why? Because when the people around us start to walk through those valleys, through those tough times, they start to think, oh my goodness, it's just me. Nobody else has been hurt like this. Nobody else is walking through stuff like this. And then they go, well, then this God must not be real. This God must not be real because I'm the only one walking through hurt. I'm the only one walking through pain. And what the enemy convinces us of is not to show our scars so that no one can relate. And you know what, friends? What I've also found is that even when we decide, okay, maybe I'll show the scars, we don't let people touch them. We don't let them put their fingers in our scars. We don't let them put their hand in our side. Why? Because that's too close to my pain. It's too close to what I felt. It's too much of a trigger. But if we can get to that place, if we can get to the place where we allow people not only to see our scars, but to recognize, to touch them, to feel that they are real, then the Lord will use that in a way that we can't possibly fathom. He'll use that to show them, I walked her through it. I'll walk you through it too. I am with you. You don't have to fear. I am with you. Psalm 23. Back to verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. The valleys are part of the voyage. It's part of where he's leading, friends. We all have to walk through valleys. It's part of that journey. The scars have significance. The hurts, the pains, the things that you've walked through, even if you caused them. The Lord desires to use them. He wants you to be so secure in Him that you are at a place where you can let people experience not your old pain, not the trauma, not the bleeding, but the the scars, the healing that Jesus took, the healing that Jesus has walked you through. And number three, the whispers are because he is with you. The whispers are because he is with you. Pastor JF, we talk about this all the time, but he's been to the Middle East more times than I can even count. And um, I remember this one time that he was in the Middle Eastern desert and was on a tour with one of his buddies and he called me that night and told me about a scene that he had witnessed. He said that he and his buddies were driving through the desert where some Bedouin tribes were actually shepherding. And he said it was such a powerful picture that they just pulled over and watched for hours upon hours. And he said, Ashley, I saw those paths of righteousness. I saw the shepherd walking ahead and calling out to his sheep. And I saw them 
filing in a line one by one, walking directly to him. I saw the powerful picture of literally that shepherd leading them to this brand new place that the sheep had no concept of. And he said, what was so wild is it was, it was kind of loud, right? It was, you know, you've got this shepherd who's constantly calling out, hey, Sally, hey, Mo, hey, you know, all of the different names for his sheep, right? I'm making that up. But, and he said, and then all of a sudden the sun started to set. And he said, I watched as the shepherd recognized that the shadow, the dark was coming. And he began to corral those sheep in this valley of sorts, in this cleft of the mountain that created a type of shield, a type of fence for them. And he said in that moment, what was so remarkable was as the night got darker, the shepherd got more quiet. And he said, I finally asked my friend, he said, I don't understand. I'm looking and I see all the sheep crowded around the shepherd and the shepherd standing right in the middle. And he said, why is it that I can't hear him now? And his friend looked at him and he said, bro, the shepherd doesn't have to call out to them. He's right there in the middle of them. He said, now don't, don't miss this. He said, the shepherd is still talking, but he's whispering. He knows the dangers that come in the night. And he's whispering to them, reassuring them over and over that he's there. He's there. He's guarding. He's protecting all of the beautiful pictures. I love that beautiful image that no longer is the shepherd yelling out. But simply whispering. Yes. I know so often when we as pastors stand on stage and with social media and everything else, it looks like your pastors lead a perfect life. It looks like we don't walk through hard times. It looks like we don't face valleys. I get that. But we've walked through valleys. When we first moved to Tacoma, Izzy was about a year old and we found out that we were pregnant and it was twins. And we were so elated and I didn't really know anyone outside of some of JF's extended family that were here. And I remember at 15 weeks, we went into the doctor's office and found out that our babies were gone. And that was an unbelievable time. Even in utero, when you lose a child, there's just nothing to describe it in that moment, losing two. And and then we had Fulton about a year later, a little over a year later, and so amazing and my kids are perfect right they're not but they are to me. and I remember about seven months after Fulton was born actually I think it was about a year 
After Fulton was born, the stick turned blue again. And I'd always imagined having three kids. There's something about that number that feels really perfect. I've heard that the third one's a lot harder, but I was really excited, right? And I remember, I remember getting, Izzy was so excited and even unpacking to Fulton what it was going to be like to be a middle child and thinking about nurseries and everything else. And then that 15-week mark approached again. And we lost that baby too. And during that time, I was still nursing Fulton. And he was so interesting because he wouldn't take a bottle and it didn't matter if I pumped and no formula worked and I tried like eight different bottles. And so I had to explain to the doctor, I'm still nursing, what's gonna happen? And she said, well, your body hasn't delivered the baby's body. So we're gonna have to go in and do a DNC. And I said, but I'm still nursing. And she said, so we're gonna have to do it awake. And I remember that day. Number one, my husband is my biggest cheerleader, right? But in that day, he wasn't yelling and screaming out to me. And that day, I remember laying on that table, grieving not just that child, but and through the pain and through the emotional anguish, my husband held my hand and he just whispered in my ear. And he didn't say, you can do it. He didn't say, we'll get through this. He said, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And I think that someone needs to hear that today. That you've been so distraught over the fact that you feel like God is supposed to be yelling out to you exactly your next step or the next season or what you're supposed to be doing. And he said, my sweet girl, in this valley, you don't have to fear. I haven't gone on ahead. I haven't left you. I am right here with you. And so often we get so confused by this season because we're used to hearing from God exactly what the next step or hearing him encourage us through the Holy Spirit. And he's yelling out and coaching and he goes, no, 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 no. In this season, I just want you to know I'm here with you. I'm right here with you. And I need for you to know it's just a season. Just a season. Those shadows don't last forever because the state of the shadow is always determined by the light. Always determined by the light. And it cannot last forever. Just a season. And we don't have to fear any evil because he's defeated it. And the one who has defeated it is right here with us. I want to pray for you wherever you are. If you've never said yes to this shepherd, he has so much for you. 
so much for you. This journey is unlike anything you could possibly imagine. But friends, you need to understand what you're signing up for because it does involve valleys. But here's the crazy thing. It's not valleys that you'll ever walk through alone. Not valleys that you'll ever walk through by yourself. Valleys where the shepherd is not ahead of you calling out to you, but he is right here with you. And if that's you today, just wherever you are, just tell him, Lord, I want to be yours. I don't want to do it myself anymore, Lord. I want to give my life to you. I want to follow you. I want to listen to your leading, even if it's just a whisper. And scripture is clear, friends. Whatever form, whatever language you said that question in, (laughs) that all of heaven's rejoicing because you just made the most important decision of your life. And your eternity is secured, but it's just the beginning of your life here and now and everything that he wants to do in and through you. So I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I just ask right now that you would help us, God, to digest the truths of your word. Lord, that valleys really are part of this voyage, that you have a journey for us, and that valleys are part of it, and it's just a season, and it won't last forever, and that you are still in charge of the valley. You are still king of the valley, and those shadows are just that. They are just shadows, Lord. They are shifting shadows. And that we don't have to fear any evil, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us. Help us to recognize that these scars, these scars that we bear, either from this valley or previous valleys, Lord, that they have significance, that you desire to use them. Lord, help us to be so healed in such a way that we do not fear allowing others to touch our scars, Lord, that you have a purpose for the scars, even in the new seasons, Lord, that you desire to use them to point people back to you. And Lord, I ask right now that you would help us to hear your whispers, that you would help us to understand the nature of your whispers. God, that it's not that you've left us, that you are closer than you have ever been. Lord, give us that confidence, not in us, but in who you are and what you say about us, Lord. We thank you, God, for being the good shepherd and leading and guiding us even through the valleys of the shadows of death. Thank you that we fear no evil, Lord, because you are with us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. What a powerful lesson today. Ladies, join a circle group if you haven't yet. You'll want to sign up so that you can receive the outline and the discussion question. That's right. It is not too late to register. You can jump on to cpan.church. See you next week.